8-Bit Alchemy, and with me as always are my mucky cohorts, Boss Rush Mode. Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. Parasite Steve. Ah! He touched my breast! My goodness. And Nintendo. I did no such thing! I believe you did. I saw it. Oh, shit. You've been caught red-handed. Sorry. Parasite Steve, you're now red-breasted. You're like no, a, what do you you're mean like now? Some, you're like some kind of... <laughs> what do you think bird. they call me? Robin they do yeah no one's ever called you robin this well it's because of the red breast ah okay so they're, they're going to start robin. calling him that now it's your new yes. name way to go nintendo it's my episode, new you're name. not going to be parasite hey, steve I you'll be the robin famous all right <laughs> well internet famous is the worst <laughs> they call me <laughs> robin wed blessed robin hood are <laughs> you uh, on this episode of the Retro Octopus Cephala podcast, I'd like to present an idea I had that I want to call Party of One, which is basically where each of us will talk about something that we enjoyed as a kid or later on in life, but something that we feel nobody else actually appreciated or oh, talked so, about. So this isn't my life story? Right. No oh. one cares about that. Uh, that is true. You got to make a good point there. Yeah, I mean, this is a podcast. We want people to listen to it, Burn. That that is a good point, Alchemy. You know what? It's okay. It's okay. There's a time and a place. I care. <laughs> oh, Wobbin cares. <laughs> Wobbin Wedwest. That's what Wobbin Wedwest. You Oh, what a thoughtful Wobbin. Thank you, Parasite Wedwest. Uh, yeah. So, so basically, party of one. We'll talk about uh, this episode. Will be about movies that we have all kind of enjoyed as a kid. That we feel like no one ever talked about, no one ever gave credit to, or really ever saw. So, you know, just an opportunity to kind of spotlight something we want more people to know about. And, uh, and you know, hopefully you guys will learn something new and experience some new some new media. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? Who Crap's knows? out there. There's a lot of it. There's a lot there's of crap. A lot some of, of it's worth crap. checking out. And what's weird right. is there's way more crap now than there was back then. So we're like picking from a way smaller pool, but you still won't know these probably. <laughs> so unless like, you're awesome. Unless you're right. us. If you're really <laughs> awesome, then you're listening to our podcast. So the chances are technically not that small. Right. I guess you're right. You might be familiar with some of these things that you should be more familiar with them. Or you might have a familiar that's seen some of these movies. Right, like awesome. a pet like a pet Wobbin. Right, and they just haven't shared them with you because your familiar is an asshole. Stupid familiar. <laughs> Piece of garbage. I have a garbage familiar. That's the problem. He's oh, little, so that explains trash the trash can. can floating around your yeah. head all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask about that, yeah. but you know, I figured it was a touchy subject, and I didn't want to no, really you know, no, press on it. No, his name is Trashy McRefuse, and uh, he will not leave me alone. Are you sure his name's not Dumpster Fire? No, no, he is a dumpster fire. Oh, he was born I'm, of a dumpster fire. I see. Yes, Trashy born McRefuse. Born from the ashes of a flaming dumpster. Yeah, I should just, I should just unequip him. You really, should. That, that's you really should. that would probably you should solve unequip it. him. Post just hit select, yeah. hit unequipped. Post haste. Post haste. <laughs> Problem post is now that I've uh, now I'm the PS4 version of myself. I don't have a select button anymore. Oh, sounds It sucks. Oh, sad. So you, have, you have the share button. Now, yeah. Which is, is significantly worse. Or options worse. or whatever they <laughs> yeah. assign it to. Start's not option. Or that big weird share. touchpad that no one ever uses for a touchpad. Yeah, they turned the touchpad into a select button. I don't even know. Yeah. Anyway, PlayStation so 4 trivia for y'all. 
Um, but yeah, so I guess I will kick this off with my entry into this party. Of oh, oh, I wish you would. I will. I, I will, I think. So uh, the movie that I wanted to talk to everyone about is called Clubhouse Detectives. And this is a movie that came out in 1996 uh, when I was the tender age of five years old. Uh, it was an absolute favorite movie of mine to the point where I watched it on a daily basis for what felt like a year. Um, it was crazy. I loved the crap out of this movie. I had it on VHS. Uh, it was directed by Eric Hendershot, who, after doing some research, apparently went on to direct and primarily write a number of movies that are in an apparent gang of youngsters solve a mystery genre, including A Kid Called Danger from 1999, Message in a Cell Phone from 2000, Clubhouse Detectives in Search of a Lost Princess from 2002, Clubhouse Detectives in Big Trouble, also from 2002, Clubhouse Detectives in Scavenger Hunt, 2003, and The Boathouse Detectives from 2010. Boy, How many bathrooms does this clubhouse have? No kidding. I mean, if there was one typecast to, to be you know a part of, this director slash writer found it. He's like, I want to just direct movies or write movies. In the Clubhouse Detective genre. Kids. Right. <laughs> About a small group of kids solving a crime. And the other thing is there wasn't an ensemble cast because there always have to be kids. But, like, I feel like he was trying to go for that unified, like, image were, of, Were like, they the oh, same characters, just played nope, by different kids? they weren't kids, even the or? same character names. I looked up that, too. I, I thought that. And, the, nope, he just totally did his own thing. Um, so, this movie, the OG Clubhouse Detectives, focuses on a young boy, Billy Ruckman, played by Michael Galliota. Uh, who witnesses his neighbor, Michael Chambers. Now, I want you to get intimately familiar with that name, Michael okay, Chambers. Okay, Michael Chambers. Because, oh my God, it said a lot, and uh, I will eventually abbreviate it to just MC, because it gets ridiculous. Uh, but Michael Chambers was played by Michael Ballum, uh, and so okay. he sees his neighbor, Michael Chambers, commit murder, or what he thinks is murder. We are not sure. Uh, so Michael Chambers, for some backstory, is an accomplished opera singer and a musician, and his new opera has been sold to Broadway. But we find out that the music for his opera was stolen from a former co-writer of his, Marcella Janowitz, played by Alice Harris. Um, and apparently what happened was Michael Chambers told her that her music was terrible and that she was talentless and could never do anything with her life, and then proceeded to steal all of her music and use it in a super successful opera. So well, that jerk. Michael Chambers is a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um, He's appropriating with uh, original intellectual property. I mean, yeah. that's just never okay. Yeah. So it's crazy. Uh, so basically, the Billy's family ends up going to the opera. Uh, the Michael gives them tickets to go see it. And at the opera... Michael this, Chambers. Michael Chambers. Michael the Chambers. The one and only MC. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, so he gives them tickets to go see the opera. And at the opera is also this Marcella woman who's, who wrote all the music. Uh, and so later that evening after the opera, she goes over to MC's house. Um, she actually asks for directions from their, from Billy's house. She knocks on the door and his younger brother, Cade, answers the door. And Turn left at plot point. She's literally like, where does Michael Chambers live? And he's like, oh, literally one door to the left. It's like, okay, already I can't believe this movie because there's a character named Cade. Right. Whose okay? name is Cade? Nobody's name is Cade. Also, it's just like everyone it, else's name is super normal. I mean, yeah. It's like a having a weird. character who's named Mace. Right. It just doesn't happen. I mean, it's like way too cool. Also, Cade's the best character, though, because he's like a super, super adorable kid. And uh, what's fun is that Billy and Cade are brothers in the movie and brothers in real life. Oh, that's fun. Which is super fun. Uh, yeah. So anyway, Marcella goes over next door, talks to Michael Chambers, 
argument ensues. She threatens to basically expose him as a fraud and tell the whole world that she wrote all the music and that he stole it and all this other stuff. So Michael Chambers decides to strangle her and kill her. But our protagonist, Billy, sees it through a window with the shades drawn, so he only sees the silhouette. My question is, how does he strangle her butt? Well, very carefully. She's a butt breather. Oh. Yeah. Well, then she deserved to die anyway. You know mouth breathers? This is like the next <laughs> This is the next step. level down. <laughs> it's the next level down. It's actually literally the next level downward. Um, so, yeah. So he sees her get strangled. And, uh, and then basically what happens is he freaks out and runs and wakes up his mom and tells her that she needs to call 911. Now, here's, here's a little thing that I didn't think about being a child watching this movie. Um... Why would you wake your mom up to call 911 rather than just calling 911? He literally never even tries. He just wakes her up and says, Mom, our neighbor killed somebody. You have to call 911. And then she just is like, actually, you're crazy and you're a kid. Just go to bed. He's a really nice guy. You probably just, you know, are having a nightmare or Did you fall asleep watching Alfred Hitchcock last night? Yeah, some hand-waving argument. I'm like, are you kidding me? Probably afraid he was going to get the same operator as um, the guy from... Die Hard got. This is for emergencies only. No shit, ladies. It sounds like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> I, it's just so bizarre because the kid's like probably 12. Like he's well old enough to call 911 and he's on the phone. I mean, phone he, he definitely remembers times. the number. He definitely knows. Quick, what's the number for 911? I don't know CPR. I can't even spell it. Ridiculous. So, I mean, it's fine. We wouldn't have a movie any other way. So here we go. Um, but basically... Billy calls all of his friends, and they go over to Blue Heaven, which is a giant blue school bus that has a periscope equipped on the top, and it's pretty pretty badass. It sounds more like a gay strip club. It really does. No, it's a terrible name. Mm, but my, it's my got, like, a table and a box of Twinkies and, like, a half gallon of See, that's milk. Twinkies. Yeah, it's got Twinkies. Oh, oh that's different than Twinkies. It does. Well, <laughs> that I they mean, make sandwiches there's, like, of? five middle-aged kids in there, so, I mean, there are wieners in there, but... <laughs> no, not <laughs> those kind of wieners. Okay. I'm not James What Gunn. kind of shenanigans goes down in the blue wah, heaven? Wah, 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 wah. I don't know. <laughs> it's not the blue oyster, so... Put that yeah. pork arena away, Put sir. that pork arena back where it came <laughs> from, so <laughs> help <laughs> me God. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, we're introduced to our to our clubhouse detectives here. Uh, we have Eddie. So, Blue Heaven's the clubhouse. Yeah, but what's really dumb is that Blue Heaven appears in two scenes in the entire movie. <laughs> just so, detectives. Yeah, it's pretty For all just, intents and purposes, they're house detectives. Right, they're they are very much there. just house detectives. Most of the movie takes place in MC's house. Uh, yeah, so we have Eddie, who's played by Christopher Ball, Jimmy, who's played by Thomas Hobson, JJ, who is played by Alex Miranda Cruz, uh, and by association, you know, Billy's younger brother, Cade, is a part of the group, but they kind of just, like, you know, don't let him into the clubhouse, and they're, like, jerks to him, but he's with them the whole movie, um, and he's played by Jimmy Galliota. Now, one interesting thing I want to mention about this cast is that the character JJ is a you know Hispanic character. He's played by Alex Miranda Cruz. And the cover of this movie the poster. on the VHS, the poster, you know, the, the movie cover, has all five kids on the cover, except the character who's supposed to be J.J. is not the actor who plays J.J. It is some other kid who looks not really at all like him, has totally different hair, different face. Like he's just like slightly darker skinned. And I feel like they thought no one was going to notice. I I mean, the it's very clearly like all Photoshopped together. Like the five kids are not all standing together. 
but they used Photoshop so like one, re- right? Photoshop one point yeah. like alpha. It was probably but, Corel Draw. Let's be real. <laughs> let's be real here. It was ninety six, but I could not get over that, and it was something I noticed as a kid. Like I was five, and I was like, "This doesn't check out." Every time you looked at it, you're like, "Huh? Again, I didn't see this kid. Right. I gotta look Man, harder next. I'm time. I'm gonna have to look harder <laughs> next time." Uh, yeah. So that I thought was like just nuts. Like, how do you do that? What even happened? They probably just... took um, they took poster advice from the guy who designed the uh, original poster for Troll Two. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like it's just you know not even close. Or Mega Man One. Same thing. Yes. It's like, right. what is this? It, it involves a man. Is this, is this in this? Uh, it, no. no. <laughs> it involves a boy and a monster. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, we no, will I, draw it. Say no more. Say no more. We have we have all we need. Say no more. Say no more. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Right? Um, yeah, so basically they all get together. They talk. They decide that, yeah, he must have committed murder, and we're going to go break into his house, and we are going to find the body. And tell the cops, and we're going to bring this grade A butt to justice. Um, this butt breather, butt breather. Oh no, she was the the victim. No, she, was the yeah, butt yeah. Marcella, we're not going to strangle it. We're going to incarcerate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I I want to just touch upon the word butt for a second let's, because let's, let's I, touch the butt. Can we? Let's, let's can touch we, the butt because really, I feel like we need to. Uh, so this movie thinks that butt is the funniest word in the entire world. Um, it has a complete fascination with the word. It's literally as if the writers thought that butt was the number one holy grail of funny kid swears which it kind of was but it's just ridiculous how much trash in the word butt gets in this movie i the, mean throw something throw so, a cock so i got a whole bunch something. of butt, i got a whole you know, bunch of butt quotes for I mean, you here yeah this guy had like a, a whole different like understanding of the phrase the butt of the joke oh yeah oh, he, yeah. he thought Ooh, the oh butt so, was the butt. so true literally the butt, yeah, is, he's like the butt of the joke he's like wait all the jokes are butt jokes i get it i'm smart so uh okay we have a quote from eddie that says when we find that body and the cops put butthead in jail, your butts are going to be famous, man. All our butts are going to be famous. <laughs> so then we butts. also have Cade says, uh, after Eddie steals his idea to break into Michael Chambers' house with a ladder stretched across the bathroom window to his bedroom, Cade goes, bad butt, which is just stupid. What? doesn't even really at all make sense. sense at all. <laughs> uh, then Eddie says at one point, get out of there. Get your butts out of there. Chambers is home. Eddie's dog is named Buttkiss. Eddie also says later, if he kills you, we're all witnesses. We'll nail his butt to the wall. Again, apparently Eddie just loves the word butt, really. But there are a few it's other characters. It's a fascination. Characters. It is. It's, it's, an, it's a total, what is it, asphyxiation? That's not the right word. Ass- <laughs> Ass- no, there has <laughs> been some asphyxiation, though. Yeah, there has been. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, Eddie then says, uh, if we don't hear from him in the next five minutes, I'm, gonna, oh, I'm going over there and doing some major butt kicking. Again, Eddie, when this is all over, you're going to have shivers running all up and down your famous butts. <laughs> and then we're taking really you straight weird. to the, the psychologist to talk about your butt fixation. Right. Well, right. so here, so the best part right now is that uh, Eddie's mom actually makes a call at one point, And she says, get your butt home right now. And if Jimmy and JJ are there, tell them to get their butts home, too. So you can tell where it's coming from. Right. The mom's getting all the butt. butt yeah, they, they, it starts at home. <laughs> yeah, butt love. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Eddie also then tells Michael Chambers at a later point, if you touch Billy, man... I'm all. I'm gonna be all over your butt. Which wow. Is not what do you okay. mean? It's not okay to that. say. Like I think he's implying that he's gonna beat him up. But to say I'm all over. I'm your gonna butt, be all over your yeah, butt. That I'm gonna be all over your butt. Sexual. Yep. That probably had a way different connotation in '96. Yeah, I know. And uh, and so then the last one I'll end on is uh, JJ 
at the end of the movie says after after the whole thing's kind of been solved he says does this mean our butts are famous so <laughs> there's an extreme amount of butt reference it's like kind of insane in the first few times you're like huh uh okay but i think as a kid i legitimately thought they were all funny mm. i don't know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. also one other weird point is that cade is slightly obsessed with boats like he mentions if people he which is dangerously, dangerously close. close to butts right so so phonetically so uh it just it culminates in a way that you can't even imagine so cade <laughs> you can't cade, you even can't imagine, even imagine guys. like honestly but cade says like no more than five times he says do they have a boat do you think they have a boat like at different points in the movie he asks if people have a boat or if he thinks other people if someone else thinks they might have a boat and it's like why do you want a boat so bad what the I hell need to is this character this trait? Is strangled. it's so <laughs> random it's like boats okay they're you're like, like character traits we need some character traits these kids are too bland uh one right. of them's gonna like cabbage one of them's gonna be way into boats <laughs> right like he's just way into boats no reason at all it's like okay so C- cade's two two character traits are he plays piano and he loves boats and his name is cade and his name's cade that's actually a trait in, itself, in and of itself it um so yeah without going like too much into the nitty-gritty of everything in the movie that i do want to just mention this one sequence that i just i kind of adore and how ridiculous it is um so basically they're they're plotting to to break into the house right and so what of they Michael do Chambers. what they do right of, of mc mm-hmm. of the real mc uh so what happens is eddie jj and Cade stay behind at billy's house with a walkie-talkie and they're going to watch out for mc uh coming home because they decide to break in when it's a work day so billy and jimmy break in through the window uh they wait they... till four thirty. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like Right? So they figure that they have some time until Chambers comes home. Like, he should work until 5 p.m. But little do they know that he receives a call at work just from a random person asking if he's seen Marcella. And Michael Chambers is like, no, I haven't seen her in years. So that's the butt breather. That's the the victim. The victim. Marcella is the butt breather and the victim. And he's like, I haven't seen her in years. But then he decides to hang up the phone, leave work in the middle of the day, and just rush home. Like, why i don't understand why that caused you to need to run home because like obviously you killed this person they're in your house dead i'm assuming you did something kind of like you know to hide the body or whatever why would this phone call all of a sudden mean like oh my god i have to run home but you know they needed him to run into the kids in the house right so that's what had to happen um so basically they they are like in the house they bump into each other um billy and jimmy do and they like not they, Bimmy and Jimmy, not Bimmy and Jimmy. I not really the Sunday wish sweats. it was not the Sunday, <laughs> not not Bimmy and Jimmy in the Sunday sweats. That's our double dragon, um, like eighties rock band, eighties rock band. Yeah. Bimmy, Bimmy Lee in the Sunday sweats. Bimmy Lee in the Sunday sweats. Absolutely playing the Hampton Beach Casino this Tuesday. <laughs> Opening for White Snake. Um, yeah, so they bump into each other. Uh, the battery for their walkie-talkie falls out, and that means that they can't communicate with their lookout. Ruh row. Uh, so yeah, here's the part that's my favorite. So Jimmy smiling, smiling is my favorite. Jimmy opens. Jimmy goes to the kitchen of this house that they have broken into, and he opens the fridge and looking just, for butts. He opens the fridge and just goes, "Man, look at these pickles!" And he just can't fucking resist it. So he goes and opens the pickle jar and has himself a pickle. 
in the middle of them breaking into this fucking house. I'm not even joking. All like, these ham-fisted metaphors. These like, they're in a quite a pickle now. <laughs> oh my I God. know, it's so Aww. bad. And it's uh, ridiculous. So then he's like mid-pickle chew, and he's and Michael Chambers comes to the front door. He's masticating the pickle. Yeah, he's masticating that pickle. So good. And Something Michael Chambers fierce. comes to the front door. Look out, can't alert them because their battery fell out of the walkie-talkie, and we have trouble in paradise. So the boys scamper up to the window with a ladder stretched across it, and they, you know, make an escape. Jimmy, Jimmy goes first. He, like, runs across the ladder, but he goes first a little too hard, and he accidentally knocks the ladder off the windowsill, and Billy's now oh, stuck in the house. are you kidding me? Useless. Yeah. Useless piece of crap, right? So Billy's stuck in the house, and that's, like, basically the setup for, like, the next act of the movie. But back to the pickle thing. Right. So Jimmy took a bite out of the pickle from the jar and then mid chew hears the door open, panics beyond all reasonable measure and decides in his frantic state to spit his half chewed pickle back into the jar. Uh, why the why fuck would you do that? Would just you do that? Jimmy? Why wouldn't you just finish chewing it? You you've now left evidence. Chekhov's pickle is now in play. <laughs> like wow. you set up this pickle. You you have to go back to it. Like you can't you can't just leave that. Like why wouldn't you just swallow the other half of the pickle? <clears throat> what, now what? Chekhov is going to have to go back for his pickle. Oh Chekhov's Kipton. pickle. <laughs> I mean, I just like watching that. Like it used to be one of the scenes that I would laugh at a lot, but it just felt so preposterous. Like oh my god, I'm so panicked that I don't know what to do with <laughs> myself at all. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna open the jar back up, spit the pickle back in. Maybe he won't notice. <laughs> and then and then get out of there. It's like, dude, just run. Like the pickles in your mouth. What are you doing? Can you imagine though, like reaching into a pickle jar? You're like, dum de dum. I live alone. <laughs> right, dum de dum. I live. A- what? <laughs> Why is this half pickle floating in there? Why clearly, is this partially masticated pickle in here? Yeah, it, it's. I'm it's, never buying Vlasic ever again. It's completely ridiculous. Uh, so um, the other the other thing I'd like to just mention is like the logic of these kids is so flawed, and it's it's just beautiful because you know Billy ends up stuck in the house for a while. He goes down into the basement and he he thinks that the body is going to be in like his big freezer in the basement, right? So he goes down there. He sees this freezer, and. In all the commotion of him trying to get down there and everything, you know, MC has heard him scuttling around, has gone down into the basement, and and Billy, like, is about to look into the freezer, and then doesn't get the chance, hides, and then runs away from MC and just gets out of the house. He runs back to all of his friends and tells them, I saw the body, the body's in the freezer, I saw it, I saw it, I saw it. He didn't open the freezer at all. They decide. So now, that, is that a, a like a plot hole, or is that no, something no, you're supposed it's, to? It's it's brought up. The kid is an idiot, right? The kid's an idiot. Okay, and it's frustrating because it, it like completely. It's didn't intentional. Need to happen. Yeah, it is. So what they do is rather than going to the cops with this information, because all of his friends think he actually saw this body, they ride their bikes across town and literally barge into Billy's mom's workplace. She works as like an office assistant. She doesn't work with the police. They barge into her her workplace. Pickles like, in hand. Pickles in hand, yelling at the top of their lungs. Oh my God, we saw it. There's a body in the freezer. Oh my God. And the mom flips a shit. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, I am working. She's, what the butt are you what, doing what here? What the butt are you doing I knew here? I should have bought Clausen. What the butt boats? 
but it was just like okay yeah right that's what you would do right you would just barge into your parents workplace and and proclaim that you saw full this body. justification in mind they're like mm, yeah they're like yeah we totally have evidence we're now. gonna do this and not get in trouble oh man the feeling right, right. and all of the friends are like completely believing billy and then it gets down to it and the mom's like so did you see the body and billy goes well no but there was a freezer oh my god Yikes. Oh my God. And then the next act of the movie starts, which is like basically all the friends leave. They, they like aren't in it for a little while. And then Billy and Cade have to like actually figure out what the deal is. It turns out Cade saw the whole murder and decided not to fucking tell anybody. Until Even though like he's like in on this of the plot way the whole time, yeah, he doesn't say anything. Three fourths of the movie. See, and this Billy, is why I can't believe Cade. Right. He's not a real no, thing. He's not a real person. And Billy's like, why didn't you fucking tell me earlier? And, and Cade's like, every time I tried to tell you, you told me to shut up. It's like, right, because that's worth not mentioning Cade. Really right. So let me get this straight. There is a Billy and a Jimmy. Yeah, so so Billy and Kate are brothers. And there are no Sunday sweats? There are no Sunday sweats. Okay. Not that I noticed. I actually don't know what days of okay. the week it took place on. They may have worn sweats. They may have been on Sunday. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I'm trying to keep up. So there's a lot of really ridiculous stuff mm-hmm. in this movie, but long story short, Too late. I still really enjoyed it. Yeah? I still honestly had a good time watching it, and like it was a renewed enjoyment because A, it is so nostalgic for me, but also B, like it isn't a poorly acted movie like all the kids do a good job i feel like the uh the bad guy of michael chambers like is intimidating for kids and you know he's like just this older guy and he's kind of like portrayed to be this like handsome like well aging older guy who's like a really accomplished opera singer but then when they make him scary it's extra bad because all the adults think that he's like such an upstanding guy and only right. the kids realize that, that he's so that's, scary. That's a trope. That, right, that's, which is a trope. It, it all it all comes back to Rear Window, but like, um, you know, Fright Night was the same thing. True. You know, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Jerry Dandridge was a handsome devil, and the, it, like all the moms in the neighborhood were like swooning, and and he was just a, a classy handsome, handsome equals guy. good, unattractive equals bad. Right, right. Yeah. Only exactly. the opposite. If only of he bad. were ugly, and then we would totally believe that he killed somebody. But uh, yeah, so I still like the movie. Um, the, the, the note I will end my, my little bit on B flat is B flat. <laughs> uh, so basically they, Mr. Be natural. <laughs> they, they provide the evidence. They find the body. Um, they, the cops find it. And so the kids end up getting a reward because, um, Marcella, the butt breather, uh, her dad had, had posted out a missing person's report and so there was a reward attached to it so when the kids solve the mystery and all this other stuff they was get he offering fi- video games and candy <laughs> i know right uh no they got 50 grand um which sounds like not a lot but i don't know i guess i guess that's good 50 for grand was a lot back then though. yeah is it 50 grand in the sand no did, the, did, well did they have to dig bit. for it no there was were no, there shovels not, nope no nope they didn't they didn't have to reach was their beach attire was there any beach attire at all? <laughs> How many butts well, were actually, at the beach? I can't say no, because what they did with the 50 grand is maybe the best part of the whole thing. They turned their faces into butts. Can you guys guess what, based on all the context? Yeah, they, they bought themselves a new clubhouse. They bought half a hundred grand bar. New oh. clubhouse. Hello, good guess. Nintendo, any guesses? Uh, what, would, what would these five kids, based on the knowledge I've given you, pickles. what would they do? Probably pickles. A, a new clubhouse that's shaped like a pickle. So what they decide to do is they buy a fucking boat and they name oh, right. it no. and they name it Famous Butts. <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> and they fucking drive off so, into the so sunset. So all the boat references was were, not were for in there. there. Those are the breadcrumbs. But what's ridiculous is it was just Cade. And like they were all going <laughs> to split the winnings. And nobody listens to Cade. Nobody clearly. listens to Cade. And they were all going to split the winnings. And then at the end, they're just like, you know what? You want to just like, you want to just like <laughs> buy a boat and name it Famous Butts? So they drive off into the sunset riding this fucking Famous Butts boat. Oh, man. And that's how the movie ends. I don't think you drive oh, boats. Wow. <laughs> and scene clubhouse detectives man clubhouse detectives so so now have you seen your uh your other favorite childhood uh kid movie um little rascals little rascals recently so i haven't seen it recently i know based on a few other people that it didn't age well but also like I my have, my wife was horrified recently yeah. when she watched I mean, it with my daughter if i'm being honest i have a greater love for little rascals than clubhouse detectives but Clubhouse Detectives, I felt like they both was had more pickle obscure. scenes. They did. They both, both had pickle random scenes. pickle scenes. You're I totally got two right. pickles. I, I got, got two pickles. pickles. I got two pickles. Hey, hey, hey! I got two pickles. I got two pickles today. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I didn't pick Little Rascals. That was my other choice. But I felt like that movie was way more well known. Like I know a good. And it does have Mel Brooks in it, which is the redeeming factor. And Whoopi Goldberg. I when I was a kid, Whoopi Goldberg was my favorite friggin' actress like really from I, what i have no idea you're a big fan of sister act no two frigging clue. i remember i that. cannot tell you what i loved Whoopi Goldberg fun other than jumper jack Whoopi flash Gold. is awesome but there's no way you saw it yeah right. i didn't see that i, I mean you weren't allowed to play mario brothers because it was too violent right way too violent so i don't know but i just had this thing in my brain that hmm. i loved Whoopi goldberg so she was uh you know what really i think it was because of uh, hollywood squares i think you guys watched you and mom watched we did we did oh, watch she was hollywood also squares. in uh, star trek next generation too yeah really but he didn't really i mean i saw it but i didn't, didn't watch, really watch it yeah <laughs> i was just like yeah. there she was gaining but, but yeah, yeah so i don't know i i do like little rascals quite a bit like that i, I i'm confident i will watch that and still love it because <laughs> i i know what that is like i don't think it's an awesome movie i know that it's an awesome movie <laughs> the problem is that every kid actor is the worst thing you've ever seen that's that that is the problem that's with the it. thing yeah yeah. yeah, I don't know. I honestly thought the acting in Clubhouse was pretty good. Yeah. Like, for the kids, they genuinely interact with each other, and, you know, they're goofing, and it's it my favorite. Natural. My favorite character was the kid in the on the poster who's not in the movie. The Troll 2 kid. <laughs> right. Yep. The kid who, oh, uh, yeah. you know, basically was cast for the poster shoot only. It's really funny. Like, seeing the poster again, I do recall it, because you owned this on VHS. Yeah. Right? Yep. So I do recall the poster, and I do recall that kid. And he's like, he's giving this, like, oh, I don't know. He's like shrugging his. And he's got like, he's like 100 pounds of like, personality. Whoa. They're like, whoa, I don't know. We, we hopped on Shutterstock. I guess that wasn't a thing, but. <laughs> right. We hopped on. <clears throat> yeah. Not pretty funny. The internet. Yeah, so pretty funny. Uh, I think that it is a movie worth sharing with your kids. Uh,. I don't think adults would probably enjoy it at all if they're watching it for the first time. But I think it's fun. And I think that... But by the seventh time, you're going to love it. Yeah, by the seventh time, you're going to love it. <laughs> all those all, butt, jokes are, butt jokes are finally going to oh, land. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're going to land hard. Time. They yep. circle for a while up there, but they eventually come down the to land. The butts do come down to roost. But, um, <laughs> the, butts, the butts come down to roost. <laughs> butt went down to Georgia. Eventually, the butts come down to roost. That's what they say, right? Yeah. I think okay. that's... Yeah, that checks. Yeah, that checks. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Cool. That's, that's it. All right. Mm. Clubhouse detectives. Mm. I don't think I ever actually watched that movie, even though you did a million times. You never saw it. Like I was just in the living room. Legitimately don't think I ever saw it. I was five years old doing my own thing. And you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ. 
Uh, watching the damn clubhouse thing. <laughs> like I, I, I was too busy butt, slamming so. my door in your face and listening to Megadeth's Euthanasia over and over again. Yeah, I know. I, I remember like, that. Hey, Steve, want to hang out? And you're like, no, slam. And I'm like, <laughs> And then I'd go, go sit in my red Power Rangers chair and watch Clubhouse Detectives. <laughs> <laughs> With all I, your friends, Billy honestly and Trini I, I'm, and I'm, Jason I'm, and Kimberly. All your friends. All my friends. Yeah, I think I can honestly say I've never even heard of this movie before. Yeah, it is so <laughs> it was obscure. I don't know how it came across my VCR. I have no idea if it was a random rental that I liked or... I think if, it was. If I think it, it was a random yeah. rental and you loved it so much we found it. Yeah. And, you know, probably at Suncoast. Or Net oh, Video. Yeah, Suncoast, right? Oh, my God. What a blast. That that store, I used to hate going in there because you, Parasite Steve, would walk around and look at all the anime and all like the different movies for like an eternity. And I was too <laughs> young and I was too small and I couldn't see anything or read anything or do anything in there. So I would just like inevitably be walking around. You're like around one step in like, the store and you're like, hassle! Right. Oh. <laughs> mm, like so not about Hashtag it. kid hassle. <laughs> <laughs> totally hated it. But I feel like now I would have loved it. But I digress. So uh, anyway, next up on our party of one about movies that we feel like only we enjoyed, uh, Boss Rush Mode, what do you got? Oh, well, I have a movie, coincidentally also released in 1996, so you were five years old. Hey, nice. I was not, and I definitely wasn't a kid then. <laughs> um, That's okay. I was 22, and as of the recording of this podcast, it's literally half my life ago, so all you... <laughs> wow. you know, do the math. Wow. Yeah. Math majors out there. Wow, that's really All you really mathematizers great. out there can figure that wow. out. So, uh, but this movie is called The Long Kiss Goodnight. And how, it is, how long was it? Uh, about two hours. Oh. But it didn't feel like that at all. It actually you know, was, you know, moved along really well. Was, I, I like this movie a lot. Saw it again recently, and uh, better than I even remember, actually. I, I mean, I just absolutely loved it. And... Um, Let's see, it stars Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson as like the two you know main characters, and it basically you know chronicles the story of this um, ex assassin, but she has amnesia. So for like the past eight years, she's been living you know a quiet life under a different name, you know with a you know whole different family, until of course she gets her noggin jogging when she you know gets her head bombed, as you know that whole trope goes, and of course. Uh, you know, she starts remembering little little bits of her past, you know, and it just keeps progressing. And she ends up um, hiring this private investigator, played by Samuel L. Jackson, to help her kind of recover more of her past. Okay. And it's just, you know, the adventures mm-hmm. that they go on. And, uh, She's basically a girl Wolverine if Wolverine was a spy and uh, Gina Davis. six foot two. Right. And didn't have claws, but didn't need them. She does break a deer's neck, which is fucking amazing. Pretty yeah, fucking she's ridiculously badass. badass. Yeah. Right. This character. Insanely badass. Like, picture Gina Davis. And then picture the exact opposite of what every other Gina Davis role is. Well, right. yeah, because and, and they even dyed her hair like bleach blonde. Yeah, yep. so she, she looked yeah. really different. She right, and once she, she like, kind of like accepts the transition back to her former self. You know, the whole like cutting her long hair and dyeing it a different color, just you know, like a you know, just a, the word, words are skipping me because I don't know words. Like like well, the manifestation yeah. you know, of you know metamorphosis of yeah. her like yeah. psyche yeah. and yeah. everything. The, the, the accepting of her like you know transition back to her. Mm-hmm. Charlie Baltimore was her. Charlie Baltimore. What a yeah. cool freaking name. I know, what right. But her, real, her actual name was like Charlene or Charlize or something, Charlene. right? And Charlene Elizabeth Baltimore. Ah, yes. <laughs> Charlie C-E-B. Baltimore. C-E-B. Chuck. Hey there, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jazz. Chuck's a good nickname for a girl. Yeah. I think it's cool. And uh, <laughs> this entire movie, I think, like, the pacing is, like, great. And it's, like, at no point in this, like, and it's a two-hour-long movie either, which I was kind of surprised when I, like, kinda, when I stopped it. And it was, like, just, like, an hour and 54 minutes. Like, wow, that did not feel like an hour and 54 minutes. Yeah, right? Like, right. So, some movies just have, like, such a great pacing and everything. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I have seen this movie, and I 
don't know anybody who talks about it. It's right, so exactly. cool. And we like right, right now we have kind of like a, a renaissance of like, you know, female leads and stuff. Yeah. I figured, okay, well, yeah. someone's probably going to come back to like this at some point, but no one talks about it. And even when I talk about it to like other people, like no one has freaking heard of this movie. Yeah, it's or so maybe weird. like weird. They, oh, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. It's like, holy crap. Especially where right. like how big Sam L. J. became. Seriously. Right. Like, like how do people not plumb the depths? He was, every he was Sam not Sam that famous. Right. And even point. as big as Gina Davis was then. Yeah, right, right, right. She was a big actress back then. Right. And, you know, it's just like the mid-90s, so, I mean, she was pretty popular. And there was also a couple other, like, female-centric things, like Aeon Flux and, um, oh, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Um, Barb Wire. Oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> ooh. But, uh, oh, Ultraviolet. Um, oh, La Femme oh, Nikita no. was the other one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, of. La, Femme La Femme Nikita. Nikita. But yeah. uh, it's so... I don't know. Yeah, I, I just cool. figured at least... It would come up sometimes, but it just never seems yeah. to. Yeah. Right. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown's a good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, especially in, in today's, you know, kind of environment where people are really championing, you know, minorities and stuff. And, and women are really getting their day with a lot of cool movies like um, like Atomic Blonde. Right. And, you know, there's just a bunch of movies that really champion the strong female There's lead. just a bunch of movies. There are a bunch yes. of movies. There's there so many of bunches of movies. There's Not all bushel, of them have pickles. A gaggle. No. But Some all of them, them should have pickles. Some do. If I've learned anything, every movie's better with pickles. Yeah, pickles mm-hmm. did not come from Rick and Morty. Like, a lot right. of people think that Rick and Morty invented, invented the pickle. pickles. No, they being, really didn't. Or at least invented pickles being worth mentioning, right? right. Like, movies are like sandwiches. They're yeah. just better with pickles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun fact that no one will care about, the only eating ASMR videos I enjoy are when people are eating pickles. Interesting. That's interesting. It's got a good crunch. It does. It really mm. does. But if they're eating anything else, I want to barf because it sounds so fucking disgusting. <laughs> I want to barf. <laughs> but pickles, for some reason, yeah, it works. They just do it for you. So yeah. someone else who's in Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, who's an awesome actor that people seem to love, is Brian Cox. Yes, absolutely. He's um, the one who trained Charlie Baltimore you know, back in her you know, assassin days. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually had a line that was uh, apparently originally... Uh, in the, in the, or was originally going to be in the script for the oh, Last Boy Scout? Yes, Last Boy Scout. Thank you. Thank you, Ray Bidal. Um, no problem. Because they were both uh, written by Shane Black. Yes, yes. He was a, the screenplay writer. And um, what, the, the line is uh, there's a part where Samuel L. Jackson, who, whose name is uh, Mitch in the movie, and Charlie are escaping. You know, there's a grenade thrown at them, and they, they shoot out a window, jump out the window as everything explodes all dramatically. And then they, you know, that's when. The Brian Cox character, you know, meets up with them, you know, get in the car and so, so he can get the hell out of there. And Samuel L. Jackson's like, we just jumped out of a building. And, you know, like the quote I said earlier when I was introduced is like, yes, that was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> just so mundane. Like, I know, day, right? right? I think uh, it really great. is worth noting, like, how amazing the one-liners in this it movie really are. It really is. Right. And yeah. it makes sense that, like, it was, you know, the same writer as Last Boy Scout. or Because, yeah. like, that movie is just a one-liner Yeah, Shane Black is, is a funny guy. Like, yeah. yeah. He's got a he, lot of good he's jokes. often good with, like, biting dialogue. Right. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, people criticize him for being like overly crass or whatever yeah. but like i don't know i think he's i think it does typically um land the, but they the yeah like a lot of these jokes are just land you know perfectly right. like so uh, especially considering the tone of the movie where it's like you know it's it's brutal it's you know intense and violent and then you just bang yeah and they're perfectly placed most of the time and they just i was like i laughed out loud 
pretty loud a few times. Just was yeah. perfectly yep. you know spotted. I have, a, I have a quote yep. here. I had to look it up, but I'm going to yeah. read it. It's 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 one of my favorites. It's a Brian Cox line. It's another Brian Cox line. And this basically the setup is that uh, like he's on the phone, and I think he's on the phone with Charlie, and uh, he he has like his his little adorable elderly wife is sitting there with. She has like this little tiny chihuahua. There, there were actually both at the dinner table. This was before he got the phone call. Okay. Like, but just before. Okay, <laughs> and and so she's like sitting there and the dog is just licking its asshole he's like, going to town on it like it was a pickle like they clearly put peanut <laughs> butter it was a butt pickle it was a butt so much so it's just like the entire scene is playing out and in the background you just hear this like you know the whole time and finally he gets off the phone and he's like and he turns to his turns to his wife and he's like alice please your dog it and my appetite are mutually exclusive and she goes what's what's wrong with the dog and he goes simple he's been licking his asshole for the last three straight hours i submit to you that there is nothing there worth more than an hour's attention i should think that whatever he is attempting to dislodge is either gone for good or there to stay (laughs) (laughs) he just really likes his asshole yeah a dog was in there he has a fixation the long haul. Yeah, he, he has a butt fixation much Asphyxiation. like all the kids he was, just being really, he was just being really anal about it right <laughs> yes, yes he is i am i'm sorry no no the dog was being oh yes well that figuratively and literally <laughs> literally and literally literally man like just scrolling down these quotes charlie are you thinking what i'm thinking mitch hennessy i hope not Cause I'm thinking how much my balls hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that level of humor, right? It's yeah. like so crass. Suck it's, my it's dick, funny. every single one of you. Which is a Gina Davis line, right? <laughs> Badass. So good. Yeah that that movie was a movie I recall um, us all seeing like together or about it. I don't know if we saw it like at the theater like together or if it was just a matter of one of us saw it and then. Was like, oh my god, this movie! You guys yeah, gotta go see. It and then one of us, like that. and then yeah. and then all of us saw it again, or suck, like the second time, or something like that. Yeah. But I remember us all really liking it at the time, and and being like, oh my god, this movie, this movie, and it really is so bizarre. Like you have like the Lethal Weapons and the Diehards and plenty of movies like John Wick hit <clears throat> out of nowhere, and the world's like John Wick. Yep. And this movie, it's like uh, nobody cared. Right. I don't know why. Right. Yeah, another another why. really great Shane Black movie that I feel like not too many people know about, though you know some people talk. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Fantastic Robert movie. Robert Downey another Jr. Kiss movie, yeah, and, but yeah, yeah another Kiss Simmons. Robert yeah, actually, Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer, and that's an that is an awesome movie. That is such an awesome, movie. and that is another movie that I I first found out about about that one. It was on a list of movies, great movies you haven't seen, and I yeah I had never heard of it. Right, I, when I, mean, I rented I, it, I haven't seen that movie, and I probably should. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it's. I wonder if Long Kiss Goodnight didn't have a very compelling trailer. Like, I would love to go back and watch what uh, the possibly. trailers were for it just to see, like, would we now today think, like, that looks like a really good movie? Or maybe it was just cut poorly. Like, I don't know, because what do people have to go on back then? You know, in 1996, all you really had were, like, pre-movie trailers, right? Like, yeah. you didn't have YouTube or anything where you That's could true. go to, like, right. really, like, you know, well, I mean, it was on a TV. bunch of content. Yeah. You know? yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's, there's, like, ads on TV and stuff, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I just wonder, like, why? I, 
I don't even know. I can't even def- say it. Definitely flopped. didn't have like, like didn't the flop. amount of like oh the pre teaser teaser and then the mm-hmm. teaser then the second teaser then the first three trailers and the final trailer right and then the red band trailer yeah and, and then, then the like, red all band these right. like umpteen things were basically it's like, by great, the end I've of it you've seen three quarters of the movie, movie now awesome. I'm like great what the mm-hmm. hell yeah. so yeah I, I really wonder what happened with that movie because yeah. it is it's, awesome and it's a shame you know I'm also always hoping that it'll just catch like a second wind like just you know get a cult following but you know it's been over 20 years at this point it's like okay anytime now yeah, yeah. You okay, people like... can watch this movie and love it right get on it yeah seriously you almost feel like the another, another one collection. of my favorite quotes actually comes from um mitch uh, samuel l jackson character when you uh, you're first introduced to him in the movie and he's you know he's a private investigator and he's like busting someone or pretending to be a cop and busting someone for prostitution and he's like i'm gonna make sure you spend you know the next 10 years in prison getting you know, butt fucked or whatever, something, something to that effect. And if my case gets thrown up because my arrest was too violent, I will personally hire someone to fuck you in the ass for the next ten years. <laughs> so if you like ass fucking, I suggest you keep you know flapping your gums or I keep your mouth <laughs> off. It's like oh, everybody loves badass Sam L. J. Uh, and like right. he is so right. fucking good in that movie. He really yeah. is. You know what else though? I will submit this to you, to submit. all you. Nice. Okay, I, in general. Always appreciate it when the two leads of a movie, if they're if they're a man and a woman, I appreciate when they don't get romantically involved. Agreed. Yes. Right. Yep. It's because refreshing. It's, it just feels yeah. like they have to. Right. right. Now that's a part where and this you know, movie, she puts the moves on him, but he kind of rejects it, like, no, you're just trying to erase your past like completely and this is just kinda like a right. way you just want to kinda like bury like a coping it in, in, in your own or... like yeah, like a coping. Right, mechanism. she yeah, she yeah. wanted to bang, like, you know, just bang it out, but like right. there's they are they do not get together. A they pretty, are not a pretty white girl, you know, putting yeah. the moves on the colored help. You know, the last time I got blown, candy bars cost a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he shuts that shit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah he shuts the shit right. down. Like Which that's also freaking refreshing, cool, right? right? Like it's nice to have that reaction. It's, it's fun. You know? But yeah, yeah. I, I definitely always appreciate that a yeah, lot. Yeah, definitely. It's you know not the you know. I mean, she she has a love interest that she gets back with at the end. But you know, like the original guy. Well, yeah, she was she's married. I right? actually don't think they're technically married. I think in the synopsis I read, they were just boyfriend and girlfriend. They never specifically say in the movie either, as far as I can I can remember. I mean, okay. I saw it this morning, so. You assume they're married, though. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a natural assumption, but I don't think they technically were. But either way, they were together. Oh, that's right, because she had a kid, and she right. desperately, like, needed... Oh, oh, that's right. So she, sh- she washed up to shore with amnesia, and she was pregnant. Yeah. That was the deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Nailed it. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome movie. Yes. Definitely Absolutely. one of my favorites, honestly. Yeah. Great pick. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. And if you have, check it out again. Check it out again. And, and then, then tell your friends. And then again. Yes, tell yeah. everyone that they should check the it out. Long or kiss check it out. Disseminate yes. the shit out of Long yes. Kiss Goodnight. Make sure everybody right. sees it. Please it's awesome. do this. All right. So now we are going to hear from Mr. Parasite Steven. Mr. What do you Parasite Mr. What do you got there, Steve O? Well, I got a movie that was a movie that I loved when I was a kid, and uh, then I sort of just it just fell out of my brain for like ten years or something. And I rediscovered it late in high school or or somewhere around there, and it's just like I, I went out and I bought it, and I was like, oh my god, this movie! I forgot all about this movie. I love it so much. And it's a movie called Lady Hawk, and it was a uh, it's it's a really fun fantasy movie that I, I call like a, I like to call it low fantasy. Yeah, um, it's not really a term many people really. It's not like a, an accepted term. I everybody says high fantasy, and that's like Lord of the Rings is high fantasy. It's, it's like elves being and dragons. Overwhelmed. Like, when, am, when am I just whelmed? Right. 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 This like, is I, we, this is being the whelmed, the whelmed of, of the fantasy of the fantasy of the fantasy whelm. You know there are there is magic. 
But the magic is like it's not like anybody's shooting ma- magic missiles at her. You know, the, the tip of their kind of ground ding dong or anything. Bit. So yeah, I mean, but you know, it's 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 like low fantasy. It feels more like a uh, like a period piece sort of a renaissance, I guess, or dark ages sort of film. But um, yeah, so it stars um, it has a great cast. The main actor is uh, Matthew Broderick. He's pretty young. This came out in '86. It was actually uh, directed by Richard Donner. And nice. uh, He's so. Great. Donner, party of one. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so Matthew Broderick, pretty early role for him. And uh, it's it's him, and most of the movie is him and uh, two other actors, both of whom I adore and have always been two of my favorite actors. And uh, they are these uh, basically cursed lovers. And one of them is Rudger Hauer, Love. who who plays uh, Etienne Navarre. And he's basically this captain of the guard, sort of roving knight character with a really large sword. Pickle. And uh, then there's uh, his uh, his cursed, beloved, beautiful Isabeau, which is played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Isabeau. And uh, they are just awesome. I, I love them. And they have like one scene in the whole movie together. And the reason is because... The spell, there's a spell that is over these two lovers that makes them cursed, as I said. And uh, basically, this, uh, this archbishop guy fell in love with Michelle Pfeiffer. And so he basically put the moves on her, even though he's a bishop. And she's like, uh, yeah. And so he, like, <laughs> curses yeah. them somehow and, like, you know, implores the dark gods. I think they're the guys that Mumra hangs out with or something. And, uh, and he's like, ancient spirits of evil, curse these two lovers, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, uh, and so what happens is they're always together but eternally apart, which is the tagline, because Rudger Hauer, Aww. during the day, he's a man. A but at night, he turns into a wolf. A wolf? A wolf, hmm. and uh, not a so he's kind of a werewolf. <laughs> werewolf. Um, Why do people do that? I I hate. It's a pet peeve of mine. The people who say werewolves I and know, dinosaurs. I, I really hate. Wolf. Like, get oh, out of here! Yeah. Oh, did you see that pack of wolves? Like wolves. What? He's like, oh, did you just? What's your wolf? favorite monster? Oh, the werewolf. Like what? It's like they don't man. even bark. They right. howl. They kind of like how how us New England. New Englanders say ka and pack and it's it's like, no it's no, a thousand no, it's times R, no, it's no, like it's rather R. than an Nothing L we just we would just replace it with an O so anyway during the day uh Rudger Hauer is a dude and uh on his arm is this hawk and he just looks like he's this falconer guy or something hawk. and at night he becomes a wolf and the hawk turns into Michelle Pfeiffer so they're always together but they are never together as it's, humans it is really such a great concept right so it's it's pretty awesome and basically they've been cursed this way for a number of years and Matthew Broderick is this like random dude who is just he just stumbles he has into a day off this. from school and he just accidentally <laughs> finds all this crap I think he's a thief or something his name's Gaston Oh, a lot of, a lot of French names in this. War. Another, <laughs> another movie just like Beauty and the Beast with, uh, you know, it takes place, place in France and, and everybody sounds like they're from a different country. Every yeah. single, like, you know, you got Rudger Hauer, he's like Dutch and they got Matthew Broderick and he's like American and then the, the, the Bishop dude's English and it's like, what? Right, like, we're French, I swear. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Gaston and Etienne Naval and Isabeau. Uh, Isabeau. And stuff, but uh, and so yeah. Anyway, it's it's just a it's just a cool flick. I don't know what to say. Uh, it also has a an, a very early appearance uh, from Alfred Molina. Oh wow, really? Yeah, and he's almost unrecognizable. He's this really like r- they really like dinged him up. He was like really this dirty, gross wolf hunter guy. 
that gets hired to go kill the wolf that's traveling with this woman. Kill um, the beast. Yeah, because he's because you know Navar turns into this like badass, huge black wolf. He's really really cool, and um, and stuff. But yeah, he's uh, he's not in the movie that much, Molina, but he's in it, you know, and it's cool. It's like oh, it's a really early role for him. Um, so anyway, it's a uh, it's a great fantasy movie. I think there weren't a lot of really truly good fantasy movies in the eighties. Um, most of them were. I, and I liked fantasy a lot back right. then. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, I almost had to like, you know, lower my standards so much just to like whatever it is. And I mean, yeah. I do looking back, you know, I like the movie legend, but I think that most of what I like about the movie legend is that it's a fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. And like, right. there, you know, just I mean, the fact that it was in the genre, right. you're like, Oh, it's so I great. I mean, Tim Curry's right. darkness is awesome. And mm-hmm. there are cool scenes, yeah. but it's also kind of just a giant acid trip. So, yeah. and I've seen it recently too. And, and, you know, I still like it, but it is not necessarily this wonderful movie. Princess Bride was great, but Princess Bride's one of my favorites, but yeah, yeah I mean, there aren't dragon slayers. Right. Like, yeah. yeah, you gotta lower your your standards because you're like, okay, this is good for fantasy. Yeah, which there is just right. aren't that many. Because the '80s were basically like you know, ones, sci-fi yeah. or like straight up exploding beefcake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, beefcake. All about movies, the freaking yeah. beefcake and barbarians. A lot of barbarians in the '80s yeah. for some reason. Barbcake. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, so in in this like landscape of not too many good fantasy movies, um, I think this is definitely one of the best ones. Yet for some reason, it just it's just forgotten. I mean, I've talked to people who remember it uh, vaguely. They're like, oh, yeah, um, I remember that movie. I was like, yeah, he's a wolf. She's a, she's a hawk. And, and uh, it's, you know, it's like, uh, you know, they vaguely remember it or whatever. But I very rarely talk to anyone who knew it enough to really have a solid opinion. Love it or, or, well, maybe uh, if this was the but, 80s, so if they actually called it Man Wolf, it might have gotten more recognition instead of Lady Hawk. If they called it, that's <laughs> right. not a bad man wolf. Man wolf. <laughs> Half man. Hashtag wolf. man wolf. But yeah, no, it was Lady Hawk. And, Lady Hawk. Uh, yeah, I I really think that that movie could be really popular today too. Like we were saying about uh, you know Long Kiss Goodnight because low fantasy is so popular now because of Game of Thrones, right? Like Game of Thrones has yeah. some high fantasy elements. But no, like, you're right. It, it's cut from a similar. Cloth. I would say that. Yeah, I think I think you're right. If it, if there was no dragons, you right. might even say it's not fantasy. Right. Right. It's exactly. a period piece or right. something. Right. The dragons. A period really of a, of a made up. World. Made of realm, right? Which, yeah. which is the only thing that's fantasy, right? Is the yeah, all the, the, like, the supernatural or like magical elements are kept to a minimum. Yeah, yeah, they're really right. subtle. You have they're the really, walkers, really subtle. which are like whatever. But still, it's it's interesting that we have two movies like that that I think if people knew about would maybe be really popular today. And it mm. does have like just the right of right amount of 80s cheese too mm-hmm. like i mean there, the there's soundtrack, the soundtrack is, is so oh, choice i love that it's such a Cassio choice Forest. 80s 80s soundtrack. cheese has aged so well it, oh, yes. it has it is i mean it is silly like you know if that soundtrack was for lord of the rings my god it would have it would have changed so much and it would have you know lord of the rings probably wouldn't have been taken as seriously but i don't know i, I personally you know i love it i love cheeseball 80s soundtracks and um yeah, this is a good one. So I don't know what to say. I, I'm a, I'm a big big fan of both Rudger Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer in Absolutely, general. Yeah, yeah right. they're great. And yeah. Uh, I think Rudger Hauer, all his good movies are all his best movies are from the '80s. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, another another one of his that I love that nobody talks about that I could have presented is uh, Blind Fury, Night Nighthawks. Oh, Blind uh, Fury is awesome too. Yeah, yeah. Not no, not Nighthawks. What is it? Uh, uh with Billy D. Williams. Um, BDW. Oh, I can't crap. Think of it. What is it? Called? It's something oh. Hawks. 
something Hawks. And it's, it's Lady a, Hawk. No. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, that's maybe right, that maybe movie. I have Hawks on the brain because of Lady Hawk. Hawk in the brain. Um, I'm pretty Hawk sure it's brain. something like. It'll come oh, to shit. it. It'll come to you. I know it will. But, I love um, Blind Fury though. That movie's really Blind good. Fury's yeah, yeah, awesome. Was that good, 90s yeah. though? Uh, I don't know. It might have been early 90s. It's so cool. It's like this is a movie for blind people. Like making blind people feel <laughs> it's like a samurai badass. warriors. Samurai <laughs> blind badass Rutger Hauer. Like that's right. that is awesome. Right. Nighthawks. Cool. N- Nighthawks. Okay, that is what okay, I said. You nailed it. Oh, awesome! I was. Oh, I was. Rock, rock, <laughs> from uh, 1981. That's pretty funny. It's wow. Night Talks. So I, I question it in my head because a, a buddy of mine has a series of books. Uh, this guy, Remy Flagg, he writes these books uh, about these uh, dystopian superheroes. And the first book is called Nighthawks. And it's like, I, 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 I was like, no, no, I'm getting it wrong. That's, that's, that's Remy's book. Right. And but no, no, it's the, this too. It's other thins. It's other thins. Lots of thins. Or anyway. No, Shadowhawk, right? That's the comic book. Shadowhawk, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a lot of hawks. Anyway, anyway, shout out to Jeremy Flagg and check out his book, Nighthawks. Yeah, do it like, now. Do it. If you like uh, dystopian superheroes, there you go. Remy Flag, but that, um, yeah. That anyway, name. that's uh, that's my uh, presentation of Lady Hawk. Beautiful. Love it. No, that's a great nice. one. That's a yeah. movie I really want to uh, actually watch now because I remember I think only seeing part of it when I was younger, and uh, I don't know. I I feel like I would love that movie. I, I super want to watch it like right after this podcast. <laughs> Maybe we will. Maybe yes, we let's will. let's all go. Let's pause the podcast right now. Stop the podcast. I mean, it won't it won't be paused for you guys. It'll just you know continue on. But, but we're, we're going to okay, pause wait, us. Okay, wait. We'll go and, watch the movie. And? And we're back. Okay, and we're back. So, we didn't yeah. see the movie. We just, we just watched it. No, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we, no. we really didn't. It was good. <laughs> but we could have. Right. Sorry, you wouldn't was, know. That was not a believable pause. Sorry, guys. But you know, it will be a believable pause. Not this either. So, gotcha. Um, okay, great. Yeah, cool. That's a great choice. Nintendo. Nintendo, what you got? Yeah, well, uh, I, uh, I picked uh, RoboCop 3. RoboCop uh, 3. Yes, it was, it was released in 1993. And the movie takes place in a in a town in Detroit. In a town. That was completely submerged in robots. On the verge of bankruptcy. And uh, it starts... How many uh, towns does Detroit have? Yeah, anyway? uh, just that one, as far as I know. Yeah. The town of the Detroit in the state of Michigan. <laughs> Neo-Detroit is going to shit. <laughs> so this movie stars... Robert John Burke as Alex Murphy in RoboCop. The other guy who played RoboCop in the first two movies, Peter Weller. Peter, Peter Weller. Weller yes. Which, you know, after re- rewatching this movie recently, I thought that's who it was. But I thought something was off about him. You're like, like Peter Weller, you don't look so good. It's like, oh, like, wait. It's like he doesn't like look himself <laughs> because, because he ain't it himself. Wasn't Funny wasn't thing about himself. that, it was Peter he's Weller. himself. Entirely different man. Right. Well, there's your problem. So yeah. And uh, it also starred uh, Remy Ryan, who was the little girl called uh, Nico, who is a six-year-old hacker, which they don't really reveal until she actually hacks one of the machines. When like, the plot re- relied on it. When the plot, the plot needed her, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, in the beginning of the movie, she's, like, she's playing with her, her, uh, her laptop. Her jar of pickles. And her, 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 her mother's like, do your homework. <laughs> her and jar then, of butts. And then, <laughs> <laughs> right. You hear, like, the, the mother say, like, oh, well, finish your homework, and then, you know, and then... And then get to take hacking. a bath and go to bed. Or Joe, whatever. Joe, d- this girl does she have a boat? She did not have a boat. Okay, she, does she, she want a, a boat? laptop? Would she like a boat? Do you think maybe she wants? I don't one? think she so. feels about boats, I, I butts, and pickles. Well, she in didn't that solve order. any murders, so she didn't get that fifty grand. She's not to a, get de- a boat. she's not a detective in Detroit. <laughs> right, she's not a detective in Detroit. So what does she do? She, she hacks. She's she a hacker, she, cold cracker, slacker, sitting down with all those chat room yakers. Yep, and it also stars what's her name the. 
the police officer that was in the first two movies, I can't remember her name. Okay, about. his partner. Oh, uh, Nancy Ellen. Okay, Nancy yeah. Nancy Ellen as Oh, so, See, I didn't even remember she was in the third one. I actually never saw the third one. Me neither, yeah. actually. I saw, I saw the first two. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I saw the second one like twice. I saw the first one a ton of times. Yeah, the yeah. first one was the best one. Yeah. Oh, by far. By far. By far, yeah. And then it got like less and less more violence. Right. That's and true. I mean, it was directed less by... Less right. and less good. Less violence is... Uh, Less good. Right. I mean, it was directed by Paul Verhoeven, I think is the, the man's name. And I, I don't think he directed the second Verboten. one. No. I think it was so, so, you know, whenever that happens, it's like, it's a it great was, movie. It was directed by uh, Fred Decker. Yeah. So let's see who Fred did Decker. the second one. Go ahead. I, I'm um, going to look something up. But anyways, the plot, the plot, plot, the plot, the plot of this movie mm-hmm. uh, takes place in a town that's in the verge of bankruptcy. And this is this corporation that's trying to... Uh, uh, bulldozes town down so that they can build oh, that's the, just the Olympics. Mean. Yeah. So, so the so in the beginning of the movie, you see these people being ripped out of their homes, the families being torn apart, kind of like what's happening, you know, in this day and age. But anyways, um, so these people are are like getting shot and like being forced out of their homes so they can bulldoze this freaking town, and this company called o- OCP. Yeah, you know yeah, me. Yeah, you know me. We're <laughs> on the same page here. And uh, so they're just treating these people like crap, like other crap. So they, they, instead of, like, finding, like, new homes for them, they're like, okay, here's this detention center. You're staying here. And these people are just, like, not happy. So anyways, this family of three, there's a man, woman, and their little daughter, Nico. 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 So they're, like, ready, they're getting ready for bed. The father comes into the daughter's room, and then they're, like, talking. And then, like, this freaking ball and chain thing is kind of like bulldoze right into their freaking house it's like holy shit like they don't what even the fuck wait for them on? to like, evacuate like, the house like, right it's like they, they it's like they don't tell these people that okay we're gonna be doing this and get, you get a get wrecking ball out. and you get a wrecking ball and you <laughs> yeah, get, get a wrecking, wrecking ball. ball yeah exactly <laughs> this and, uh, ocp seems to be acting oh, outside of the freaking law terrible freaking terrible so so they, they leave the house and then as they're leaving if the camera pans down and you see these, this uh, eviction notice so it's like okay well they knew to get out. But anyways, they didn't wait. Still, the wrecking ball thing seems a little excessive. Right, excessive. Like, well, you didn't leave. We're going to kill you now. people still in there. They're just going to bulldoze anyways. Yep. Wait, was I there hope a, there's some sort of cop that will take care of this. one of the characters that worked for this OCD company or whatever. Though. OCP. Was, was his name Probably Cade? Because I'm just not believing this. <laughs> yeah, if Maybe, there's not a Cade in this movie, then uh, it's more believable. Yeah. But the, the I mean, the, the things that I, I liked about this movie was the fact that um, it Ro- ended. It ended. Uh, <laughs> Robocop so you did not enjoy pack. this movie. I didn't. I mean, not I did, now, I did as a kid, but, li- but I, you did. Before. I literally watched this movie a couple couple nights ago, and it was freaking torture. <laughs> I've, I've it heard was, it was awful. I've never seen it myself, so I can't you know say the, you know from my point of view. So, but I've heard it was bad. Yeah, I mean, some of my friends on Facebook are like, "Oh, this movie is so freaking terrible." I'm like, well, I don't know. I I thought it was good when I watched it, and. So re- rewatching, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like. Oh, that's right. I was wrong. There this, are absolutely no this, pickles. There are some butts, but they're not really highlighted. So yeah, yeah terrible yeah. movie. So I, I love the fact that Robocop has a jetpack, which okay. he uses near, yeah. near, near the end of the movie. So I thought I thought that that was fun. Um, and uh, Cyborg Ninjas. Mm. I like Cyborg which Ninjas as really much cool. as the next guy. Right. Yeah. I feel so, like this movie has something for me. Hurt yeah. me, Snake. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it was really Fox. painful because the acting was fucking horrendous <laughs> it was like over the top bad it's like how did i ever like this movie to begin with yeah i don't know maybe i was young and dumb yeah. i don't know <laughs> i mean taste change as you grow yeah right? of course yeah, exactly. of course yeah 
So yeah, it was a it was a really bad movie. Um, so this guy who's in charge of o- OCP is like, what really drives me nuts is that he was just being evil for the sake of being evil. So uh, well written is yeah. what you're saying. Not no, a very, not at all. Not a very deep character. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> what's what's the deal with the the the, the main uh, antagonist? He's evil. He's just evil. That's it. It's like why? No, no further development required. So you can't just. He like, likes he likes cabbage, and uh, he's way into pickles. Um, that's it. Pickled right. cabbage. I mean, I mean, and this guy's all, whole thing is like he didn't want to work with Robocop in the, in the beginning of the movie. So he so he has these. He hires this uh, this Japanese company to build something that would like stop robocop from interfering with this guy's plans or whatever and so this company makes like a million cyborg ninjas they all look the same and uh i don't like robots but cyborgs are okay okay yeah so we're either gonna go with cyborg ninjas or pirate cavemen what do you guys think like we're we're i don't know we're definitely we're going for this definitely would give us more bang for our buck (laughs) so i think those are way easier to market Victorian werewolves. Werewolves. <laughs> Pirate cavemen are a lot cheaper, Robo-wolves. though. Ballerina dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs. So, troglodyte window washers. <laughs> Hockey playing football players. <laughs> okay, then. Hut, hut score. It was just me like that one, then. Okay. Right. So, what uh, the puck? So, anyways... So this is uh, underground resistance, of course. So they they're trying to like, you know, stop all this shit from happening. Trying to get people to like fight for their homes and whatever. And problem not, not is, their homes up. were above ground. Their homes are and they were underground ground. resistance. So, so right. they're like in this. There's this, a problem. In this underground subway or whatever. And they should have been getting them to fight for the right to party. Then they would have gotten behind it. Right. They should have mm-hmm. been partying like it was 1999. But it was 1993. <clears throat> so they weren't there They yet. couldn't even know how good 99 would be. Right. <laughs> they didn't even know how good 1993 was. Apparently it was shitty for them. <laughs> Apparently. So, yeah. So they, so Robocop and, uh, what's your face? Uh, his, Anne. Nancy. 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 Oh, we'll call her Nancy. Nancy, Nancy. friend. Nancy friend. Yeah, Nancy, Nancy, Nancy friend. friend lady. Yeah. So, so they, they, they're Nancy, driving. Yeah, they're no, driving through the town not. as as these people are being ripped from their homes or whatever. And, and Robocop is like scanning, and he's like 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 recording all this stuff. Like all all these things are happening. And he sees and he sees Nico. Doesn't know who she is at the time. Because because he, he had her. like a full gigabyte hard drive at that he time, did. which he was did. massive. It was massive back then. Huge hard. Yeah. All this in the in the in the, the the building she was near and everything, and then um, something happens to him. Like like he. Uh, he takes gets, piano lessons. He, gets to, yeah, he takes piano lessons. Michael and, Chambers, and, and he realizes he, he's really like like choppy at it. He's like because his hands only go like like me, 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 yep, me, yep, me, 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 yep. Oh goddamn lag! Yeah, <laughs> right. stupid hand lag. Yeah, it's pathetic. What's the thing cop says after Rod, Hot Rod fixes him? Of all the, he's like, ah, oh, you left a piece out. Of oh all, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of all the ding blasted, actually, considering the you did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got rid of that nasty part of my rotator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now let's find the Dinobots and get off this twisted planet. <laughs> nice. So yeah, so so Robocop gets gets into a fight with this gang, and uh, they did something to him. They, they like threw like some kind of like like chemical on him, and then they set him on fire. And uh, and that that and that that did something to him. And then uh, the the police were like pissed off because he didn't comply to. The 
to the direct order of like go go to this city or whatever, and they'll stop this stuff from happening or whatever. And uh, he gets this a distress call from his friend, his partner. Uh, so he goes to them instead, and you know saves them from the these from this gang or whatever. And uh, so the people in OCP are like, okay, we got to get rid of his memories, take away his what's left of his humanity. And just like erase everything, just make him obey only us. Obey. And, and the people who like work on him daily, like fix him up and make sure he's recharged and whatever, they're like, "That's terrible. We're not doing that. We're not that evil. Like, we're not. We're not that evil." And uh, so the guy's like, "Well, if you don't do it, you lose your job or whatever." So of course, what happens is she doesn't do it. This lady that that works on him, so she takes this chip that that takes away his humanity and freaking smashes. Was it, it a sour cream and onion? Oh, yeah. I think that's what they did to Kellyanne Conway too. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, hmm, amazing. And uh, oh, what's happened? Yeah, hmm, yeah. Well, so they didn't take away his humanity, cool. so that's a good thing. Uh, so she loses her job. The person who t- uh takes care of him, uh, she joins the resistance because. She finds out from Nico that they have him, and she was told to go see him and tell him to where where to go, so that he can get fixed up. And uh, then the cyborg ninjas like find him, and they get into this fight, and they they kind of fuck him up. Or he, actually, there was one cyborg ninja ninja that fucks him up, but he ends up killing the cyborg ninja anyways. Mm-hmm. The cyborg ninja doesn't have a name. He's just he's just cyborg he's ninja. Just cyborg, cyborg ninja. ninja. That's fine. We we understand yeah, who it is. So. So yeah, it's just not a good movie. I mean, the the plot is like really no plot to this movie. It's just so there. like, it's just nothing worth mentioning. What really. would you say you liked about it as a kid, other than his jetpack and cyborg ninjas? But yeah, other than those two things, what did you like? Well, I mean, about I it think as a, kid? As, as a kid, like the movie as a whole, I just thought it was kind of fun. Yeah, it wasn't like like over the top violent like the first one. That's but true. I the first one is is not a kids movie. Yeah, not, not at all. Think. Not at all. I mean, in this this movie is PG thirteen. The first. Oh, two that's right. You know, are. I. You know what? I remember. Now that you say that, I remember when this came out. The entire world was like rip shit that it wasn't R. Yes, that's right. Yeah. It's the first one that was PG thirteen, and they were trying to. Because I remember they were like at this point, okay, RoboCop's a big property. We can make money off it. We're gonna make video games. We're gonna make a cartoon show. I remember there's yeah. at least two cartoon shows that happened, <clears throat> for sure. Okay. I remember there was one in like the early two thousands where they brought him back, and it was like yeah. a random RoboCop show. But there was a first one when when he was actually initially popular. Thank you for your animation. There was the <laughs> uh, the arcade game, the first arcade game, which I remember liking at the time. Yeah. Yep. I know that was ported to the NES or something, and I remember later they they had uh, RoboCop versus Terminator. Yeah, which was oh, a game, yeah, yeah. and so like yep. that was like, which I always felt was like the answer to Alien versus Predator. They're like, okay, yeah. what else can we what do? What do we got? Um, yeah. But yeah, it uh, it was definitely a like massively popular thing, yeah. and a lot of times when that happens, they're like, well, let's make even more money because we if we sell to kids and they buy toys, then we'll make you know double what we're making now. Right. But, hey, hey, right. Any as hackers out there, make a game. That's like Contra, but mix in RoboCop and call it like Probocop. 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 Call it Probotector. Yeah, Probotector. Yeah, Probocop already existed. (laughs) Probocop. (laughs) Prophylactic cop. Um, I I want to mention because I looked it up after after just it popped into my head. RoboCop two. So the first director uh, did not do the second one. Uh, 
the guy who directed RoboCop 2. So that means all three movies are directed by a different person. And uh, the guy who did number two is uh, actually Irvin Kirshner, whose name may not be super familiar, but he directed a little-known movie called uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Ooh. Oh, well then. Neat. Hmm. That's pretty Interesting. cool. Yep. Also did a couple Bond movies, it looks like, and uh, On Deadly Ground, starring Steven Seagal. Mm. I don't know if you can hear the squint in my voice, but mm. it's there. Well, I can Seagal. hear the squint of your eyes, though. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I'm going to so, be a chef. Okay. Yeah, another, There's really not much movie. to mention about, about RoboCop 3 other than it's fucking terrible. All right, well, so it doesn't so, really yeah. fit the uh, theme, but, you know, no, whatever. we don't play by our but own did, rules but here. I did so. like it. I mean, I wasn't That's a kid okay. when I mentioned, you know, the movie I watched, so. I but you know. at least yeah. liked it. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I did like the movie as, but not as a kid, now. but right. not, right. it didn't yeah, age well You, you don't really have any, like, good things to say about it now. Yeah, so now, yeah. Not really a good recommendation uh, Definitely not today. Stay away. But, uh, you know, that's okay. You know, we, we like to switch it up here and keep you on your toes. Yeah, Retro Octopus. So, you know. Switch it up. That's how we roll. Okay, great. Well, you know, that has kind of been uh, the party of one segment right now. So what I want to do is I want to postulate our Octoponder this question for this episode to you all, which we will talk about after a short break. And the question is, what is the first movie that you recall going to the movie theater to see as a kid? doesn't have to necessarily be the first historically, but whatever one you kind of remember that sticks out in your brain as uh, being the first one that you went to see at the theater. So uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after that. Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And And we're we're the the hosts of of the Throwdown Thursday Thursday podcast. podcast. Part of the Some Buddies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we will will see you you next Thursday. Bloodworks Scriptorium, the new album from Enchanted Exile. 11 pulse-pounding heavy metal tracks, including... Embrace Oblivion, Cold Spell, On Widow's Hill, and I am the Void. Bloodworks Scriptorium, available now on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you get your digital music. So, go get it. Hey, are you ready to do some picking? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. All right, everyone, we are back from our break, and uh, you've had a little bit of time to think about the octo-ponder this question, which is, what is the first movie that you recall going to the theater to see? Um, so we're just going to all kind of roundtable this a little bit. Uh, for me, it was probably uh, the first Pokemon movie, which 
I don't necessarily know is definitely the first one I did, but I have a very strong memory of going and seeing the Pokemon animated movie and getting the trading card that came with it and all this, you know, buzz about the collectible Mew card and other stuff. So um, I remember being pretty excited to go see that uh, and really enjoying it and being pretty impressed. And I know Parasite Steve was with me and we kind of thought it was a good movie it wasn't just like a crappy you know kid i liked show it tie-in. yeah yeah it i, I like the first one a lot I it, was it was good had had good animation good good field moments and uh yeah it was surprisingly good but i Mewtwo definitely was awesome that. yeah Mewtwo is really really well done super cool character um yeah i don't know that was that was my first one what about you parasite uh the first movie i think i recall seeing at the theater was the fox and the hound uh which came out when i was about three years old so um, I, I feel pretty confident that it might have been the first time I, I was at a, a, a movie in the theater. And uh, the only anecdote I, I will share is that I went with, uh, with my cousin, who is uh, five months older than me, my cousin Giselle. And <clears throat> our, so our, our moms took us. And for like apparently months after that movie came out, I just went home and I was like, hmm, I don't know. It was good. I liked it. And she went home. She's like, oh, my God, I'm afraid of bears now. Because there's a scene at the end where there's this, like, very scary bear attack. And, it you know, it attacks them and stuff. And and they have to get away from it. It ends up, like, you know, getting killed. It goes off this this waterfall and stuff. And, like, she was frigging terrified of that bear. It was, like, the worst movie monster ever. I mean, she was also three. But it's just funny. That that's like the main thing I remember about that about that experience. But yeah, I, I'm going with uh, Fox and the Hound. Nice, nice, hmm. very good choice. Great movie. Um, Nintendo. What about you? I'm going to go with The Wizard. Ooh, The so Wizard. I, 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 yeah, this is. The, I think I, I was never big into like going to like movie theaters or, or anything, but this movie I had to see because it was basically the biggest advertisement for Super Mario Brothers Three. A giant commercial. It's a giant commercial. Is that why you saw it though? Is it, this is a, it a, is. A, an hour and a half of three. I gotta go see this. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, who wants to see the, a movie called The Wizard with like kids and just? Wasn't it also an ad for the Power Glove? Like, wasn't that not the out Power yet? Glove was was yeah. in the movie? Yeah, it's so it, it was. It was totally yeah. an ad for the po- yeah. yeah. And and also we got fifty thousand on Double Dragon. Right, <laughs> fifty thousand right. on Double Dragon. That's amazing! Wow. So this movie stars uh, Fred Savage, Christian Slater, Jenny Lewis, Bayou Bridges, and Luke Edwards. And it was also Toby Maguire's first movie. So weird. Apparently. I don't also remember Mario. Toby Mario. Maguire. Maguire. I don't remember him being in the movie either. And I just saw it but recently. Uh, Bo Bridges is. Uh, Bo Bridges. Okay, yeah, so Bo Bridges. Bridges. He's Jeff Bridges' okay. brother. Oh, okay. Fee Fi Fo Bridges. The main the main scene with Bo Bridges I always remember was like they were because it was him and Christian Slater. Uh, and they were like tracking down all the kids and he was like they were they brought the Nintendo with them because this movie was just so all about Nintendo they brought it with them and Christian Slater kept like plugging it in wherever they were like would stop at a crappy seedy motel or whatever and there's this one one scene where where the dad Bo like finally was like fine I'll play the stupid you know hockey box or whatever and he and he picks it up and it's the first ninja turtles game and he gets like so into it and there's, there's a, a scene and and uh christian slater is like he's, he's like he's like dad dad what are you doing we gotta go and and bo's like what are you doing he's like don't unplug it he's like i'm at the mika turtle Oh, the, I remember that. The Mecha. Like, the you don't know what the word Mecha is? Because there was a boss in that that was the Mecha Turtle, and it was like just the a palette swapped, you know, Leonardo, English. I think, and he was gray. He's like, I'm at the Mecha Turtle. 
Oh my <laughs> god, that's so dumb. I roll. I roll so hard. My god. I can see my brain. This movie was directed by Todd Holland. Whoever that is. Whoever that is. But whoever he, he is, he did a damn good job with this movie. <clears throat> and he likes California. <laughs> oh, California. God. Yeah. So it was a good movie. I love it. It was a good movie. Cool, cool. I, I watched it recently and uh, with, with my daughter, and like she, she liked it a lot. I, I liked it a lot. It was a good movie. Sweet. Nice. I've actually <laughs> never seen it. I've only seen like the parts at the end well, with all the video game it. stuff. You need to watch it. I haven't seen it in a while, but I do remember thinking it was okay. I mean, it didn't like, you know light my fire or anything but it was fine it also had a a a ninja gaiden reference and that was the first time i ever heard anyone say ninja gaiden he was like what games are we playing at the what was what was the championship the uh, gaming armageddon or whatever you said video armageddon and and he's like oh what 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 games are we playing he's like the first round is ninja gaiden ha which is funny because right. like, that's the right way to say Some it. Some guy earlier in the movie said Mika Turtle. I'm not sure about this. <laughs> right. You think right. that that would also be the wrong pronunciation. But no, he was right. Gaiden is correct. Yep. But Mika, straight out. We're yeah. not having that. All right, the Mika Turtle. The Christian Mika Slater. Turtle. Dad, come on. Mika give me your brains. No big deal. <laughs> I've already beaten the Mecha Mauser. Big Mother Mauser. Mika Mauser. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Uh, okay. Awesome. That's That's a great choice. So... The only one left here is Mr. Berm. Oh, yes. What you got there, sir? Well, I don't think this was the very first movie I saw in theaters, but it's one that sticks out in my brain because of the circumstance, and I was still you know, pretty young. I was eight years old at the time. And um, is this movie is Annie. And uh, the reason why this sticks out in my brain so much is because... Um, Teachers you know, at school, being in like second or third grade at the time, like, oh, we're going to go see a movie. And I'm like, oh, yay, we get to, you know, cut class or whatever and go see a movie. It's going to be fun. And then it's Annie and like eight-year-old me was like, oh, I'd rather be back in class now. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't want to be I can here. appreciate the movie now more as you know, supposedly a grown-up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, at the time, I was definitely not having it. But whatever. I was like, eh, Fine, yeah. grumble, grumble, grumble. But, you know, it's obviously Annie's a classic, and it's, you know, it's yeah. well-received. It's, it's a good movie. I, I, I do enjoy it now. Yeah. I, I've yeah. seen it yeah, since got, I was eight. <laughs> it's got Carol Burnett, yeah. who I didn't appreciate amazing. at all like, oh, when I was right. super, yeah, but super she awesome. is amazing, actually. Right, yeah. and, like, at the time, I remember seeing that, and my mom was like, oh, this is Carol Burnett, though. It's Carol Burnett. And I'm like, what do you mean, the orphanage lady? I hate her. And she's like, <laughs> she's like it's Carol Burnett, <laughs> right. the orphanage lady. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Actually, yeah, speaking of Carol Burnett, I mean, I remember, you know, Back when I was a kid, you know, watching like the Carol Burnett show because you know my parents would watch it and like, oh yeah, that whole show is like hilarious. Yeah, and definitely we would recommend anyone watching yeah. that if they haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah, Tim Conway. Oh uh, yeah, amazing ensemble. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Harvey Corman. That's where like like Harvey Corman, who was in so many awesome Mel Brooks movies. Yeah, uh, I mean he was like basically from that. Right. Was yeah. she also in Mama's Family, like the main character? Uh, Mama's Family. Lawrence? What's that? Oh, maybe it's Vicky Mar- Lawrence. I don't know. Oh, you know, okay. The, the TV show? Here's the yeah, connection. I'm pretty sure that's Vicky Lawrence. It was Vicky oh, Lawrence. I think she was okay. associated with Carol Burnett. Okay, Burnett so Vicky Lawrence was uh, okay. on the Carol Burnett show as that character. It was a skit oh, on the Carol oh, Burnett show. Got, yes. Yes. And that like Harvey Corman was, was in the skit, but he wasn't in the show. The, I think the only okay. one who went in the show was Vicky Lawrence. And uh, and then yeah, so it spun off. So yeah, okay. Yeah. So I was it right. spun off from ha- it. Yeah, you're right. So you were right. so you were yeah. in the vicinity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's, there's a connection. I, I knew there was a connection. Yeah. You were right. Yeah. 
But yeah, uh, Annie used like you know the one I mentioned, and there it is. And there it is. And there you it. have it. There you have it. That is Berm's hot take on the first movie he saw as a kid. So uh, that's great. You know, we've given you our answers, and we would love for you all to tell us what your response is to this week's Octoponder. This, and you know, we are a new podcast, so we really appreciate any kind of audience participation that you guys are willing to give us. Um, you know, you can reach us on Twitter at Redoctopus. Or you can go to our Facebook group, or you can always email us your responses at redoctopus at gmail.com. So there's a few outlets for you to reach us. And uh, before we sign off for the week, we have another little segment for you all to enjoy. And now it's time to dive off the edge of the map with another edition of Dime Monster, the video game bestiary of annoying enemies that really need to just fuck off. What? All right, guys, so Parasite Steve here on the mic for you. And so this little segment I came up with is just a sort of little tribute to um, video game enemies. Because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of enemies that reappear through various entries in a series and a lot of these seminal, you know, series that we love. And uh, I don't know, it's just one of those weird things. People sometimes will talk about the bosses or whatever, but nobody really talks about the enemies. And, and I, I don't know, I thought it'd be fun. So it's a Die Monster, I'm calling it here. Um, so for the first, uh, the first entry of Die Monster, um, I have decided to go with, I was trying to think of something that like most people would know. I didn't want to be too obscure. And uh, so for the first one, I'm going to go a little piggyback on uh, a couple episodes ago. We had our Castlevania episode for episode number two. So I'm going to go with a Castlevania enemy. And it's definitely one of the first enemies that I remember being really annoyed with to the point where I would get mad as a kid. It gets to the point where you're good at them and it's not a big deal. But, you know, as a kid, I remember like very like often being so frustrated when they would be in a, a level. And they are the flea men. Oh, yeah. And I was going to guess candles. No. There are these, <laughs> you do kill a lot of those, but they, they kind of just stand there and just let you do it. Um, so the flea men are these little bouncing enemies that are definitely the series like analog to, I, I, I think they're analog both to the, the Hunchback of Notre Dame and right. also the, uh, the, you know, Dr. Frankenstein's infamous lab assistant, uh, who, by the way, in, in the movie is actually called Fritz, not Igor, but, um, you know, uh, he's, he's actually known by many names. I looked this up in across you know, different countries and different series, call him different things. I think Flea Man is kind of the most accepted name, but he's also known as the Hunchback, the Hopper, the Grim Man, Pillbug Beast Man, huh. Ghoul Rabbit. What? Okay. <laughs> wow. And, and various other things. But as a kid, my friends and I always just pretty much called him Igor's. So the enemy, uh, you know, appears in most of the games and, you know, one form oh, and, or another, and like I said. And he is accompanying Frankenstein in the That's true. Game. That's yep. that's actually yeah, Igor. That's... That is, is like a slightly altered ver- like, version of the sprite. Ah, it does okay. right on the Frankenstein monster's uh, shoulder. It's not the exact thing. It's, okay. uh, so that is Igor. But in my brain, it was the same thing. Right, you know? mine too. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so, and, and sometimes they, they give them upgrades. They have armor and they, get, they, they have different forms in different games, whatever. But the Flea Man in the original Castlevania for NES uh, shows up in level three, uh, which is the Castle Ruins. And then he pretty much appears throughout the rest of the game, uh, you know, and like I said, the rest of the series, he's, 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 a, he's a mainstay. Um, and usually they just kind of sort of hop in place waiting for uh, Simon Belmont or whichever Belmont you happen to be or, uh, to get like close enough. And then they sort of get all up in your grill and bounce all over the place and are just super annoying and you just want to kill them. And... Um, and stuff like that. But in stage four, 
which is the catacombs of the original Castlevania, the Flea Man gets his first upgrade, both an ability to spawn constantly and just overall pain in the assness. So the Flea Man actually um, become the payload of giant lavender birds. The birds pretty much spawn constantly. So you can span, like stand in one place and they just keep coming on the screen and dropping them, basic, dropping the Flea Man pretty much right in front of you. And then they, you know, will uh, get up, all up in your grill as previously stated. But, you know, if, if you get the timing right, you can sort of get them just as they fall and uh, it's no problem. But, you know, you have to kind of anticipate it and get good at it. Um, but anyway, so these, these, uh, these birds pretty much suck, but it's, it's a neat example of, uh, one enemy getting an upgrade, which is not something that usually happened, especially with another enemy. Like, I think there are some Mario two stuff like, you know, like Lakitu will drop spinies. There aren't a lot of, uh, examples. I think of early enemies that like made other enemies. I think it's kind of neat. Uh, so I don't know. You already fought the flea men, but this is the upgraded form. So anyway, uh, the bird. So yeah, the birds just pretty much spawn constantly, dropping these overcaffeinated sacks of crap on your head. And um, and the birds are uh, they're officially the birds are called eagles. Um, but there's actually, and I found this pretty interesting as I was thinking about this. There's actually a real world precedent for a bird who uh, once was feared for flying away with livestock and even infants. So I feel like this is kind of yeah, maybe potentially what they were uh, what they were going for, like a this. reverse stork. Yeah, I mean, the, there's there's also the there's, there's there's one creature called the rock, which is Arabian mythology, and it's like supposedly big enough to carry away uh, livestock and stuff. But um, that's not the one I'm going with today. Uh, this is a real bird. The rock is mythical. Um, it's not an eagle though. It's actually a vulture called the lammergeier. Um, it's also called the bearded vulture or the ossifrag which translates into bone breaker from Latin. So basically badass. they're, they're pretty much the most badass of all animals in my opinion. Um, not more than the honey badger. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. I think, I think, uh, I think a Lammergeier might eat a honey badger to be perfectly frank. Anyway, maybe not. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's uh, one of the actual largest birds of prey. The Lammergeier has a wingspan of up to 9.3 feet, which is pretty big. Uh, and it, you know, it doesn't actually fly away with human babies, but it does, uh, have a most unique diet, uh, as its Latin name reflects, which is about 80%, uh, bones. It'll actually, uh, it'll, it'll, what it does is it like flies down it flies around this like arid sort of rocky region and it spots something really good and juicy, like a, like, like a femur or something, grabs it in its talons, flies up and it finds a big rock down below and it just drops the bone. Would you say it's like a monarch of bone consumption? Uh, you could, you could say it is the original bone eater King. Um, and it, uh, so what it, what it does, it, it drops these bones and hoping that it lands perfectly on a rock and it, it's trying to split the bone open because like it, it's, it's goal is to get at the, to expose the marrow. So that, because it eats the bone, but if it just eats a bone straight out, it's not actually going to get any nutriment from it. It needs to actually split open. And once the marrow is exposed, it actually can gain all the all yummy marrow nutriment um so um it takes like tons of times too sometimes it'll have to drop it like a dozen a dozen or two times before the bone finally you think splits it would open. just eat something else yeah you think but so it's, it's just like no i'm that badass i'm gonna stick to this i'm only eating bones i don't care and stubborn i don't care this is what i'm committed gonna do. to this and uh so like all that badassery aside and that's not even mentioning the fact that it pretty much just looks exactly like the bird equivalent of uh ming the merciless from flash gordon it has these like evil eyebrows and an evil black 
pointy beard and stuff. It's just crazy. And it's got like red rimmed eyes. And uh, so these birds are in real life supposed to be just totally harmless to humans. But do not tell that to the ancient Greek playwright. A, uh, I'm probably going to screw up the pronunciation. Aeschylus. Aeschylus? He is uh, said to have been killed quite accidentally when a, quote, giant eagle mistook his bald head for a rock and dropped a turtle on it, killing him instantly. Oops. Oh, shit. History's pretty sure that was a, that if that happened, it was a Lammergeier. And uh, so, you know, it's not dropping Fleeman, but uh, still kind of neat. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's interesting. Birds oh. dropping crap, killing people. Uh, now, so I don't know about Aeschylus, but, I mean, I'll... I personally would take the turtle over a hyperactive hunchback any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Right. So to the flea men or to the hunchback or ghoul rabbit or whatever the hell you want to call him, I will say this. Die, monster. You don't belong in this world. Get out. Great entry there. Die, monster. I love it. So Sounds German. It does. Die, monster. Actually, that's not a That's French. French. <laughs> yeah. Die, monster. Sounds die, monster. Sounds Furman. Furman. <laughs> Like a, Never mind. like a theremin. Like a theremin you play with your feet. A theremin you where you select your you know, equipment? Right. Right, exactly. A theremenuendo? Theremenuendo. Hmm, <laughs> that, that rolls off the tongue well. Uh, okay, so we are pretty much at the end of the episode here, and we're just going to take a quick second to go through some of our shameless plugs here and let you all know out there what we each are doing independently of this here fine podcast. So, uh, you know, why don't... You kick it off there, Nintendo. Well, just recently I started doing uh, video shoots for for bands playing live. So my first video that I did was this, for this band called Swarm of Eyes, who are a really awesome like groove death metal type band. Swarm of, swarm of eyes. eyes. Awesome, awesome guys. Awesome music. Join the swarm. I, I suggest you guys check them out. And, Get uh, swarmed. And my first video is actually on their Facebook page, so feel free to check that out. Just look up Swarm of Eyes on the on entire Facebook. show. The entire yeah, show. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Completely and it's edited. not just any show. Completely edited. It's the entire kit and caboodle. And, and technically, what, what, me, Parasite Steve, I, I show up at the end and I... Uh, I sing part of the last song. Uh, well, the whole last song whole with last two song, other yeah. guys. Not that you can tell because I don't think my mic was on. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, too. Was, you can't hear me uh, at, at all. all. At all. Yeah. You can tell at I was all. like trying hard. At, at all. Yeah. <laughs> you were going into it. So, yeah. so this video is called Jeff's 80s themed birthday party or whatever. Something at, like that. What was that? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. It's 80s theme. Just look up Jeff's 80s birthday or whatever. But it's on the Swarm of Eyes, Swarm of Eyes Facebook, Facebook page. page. So check that out. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, boss Rush Mode, what about you? What do you got going on? Oh, uh, well, uh, see, I think I like to point people in the direction of my YouTube channel once again. I mean, especially if you want to see some of the, or hear, uh, and see as well, some of the earlier episodes of Retro Octopus before we went to this proper podcast format. The, the the fledgling offerings that we had. But I would also like to kind of point out another series that all four of us did together called Of Paint and Pixels, where we kind of like, you know, examine and, you know, have share opinions of video game box cover art from different regions of the world and, you know, how vastly different a lot of them are. I think that's pretty interesting. So if you like Retro Octopus, and I hope you do, uh, go check that out and uh, hope you enjoy it. Yeah, we have a lot of th- fun themed episodes there's like horror and sci-fi and action 
fantasy, fantasy, yeah. not just light fantasy, full on fantasy, full, full on, fantasy, not low, on. all fantasy, full frontal fantasy. Yes, boom, right in your eyes, full half fantasy. Very cool, very right. cool stuff that we, you know, hope you want to double down on this retro red octopus content here because we got a lot of it for you. Yeah, and I'll I'll uh, I'll post all this stuff to the uh, the Twitter feed as well. There'll be links and yeah. links to the. And links. I'll I'll post a a new uh, link to a one of the painted pixels. And also to to the Swarm of Eyes show, to, sure. our, to our page. Sure. Perfect. All right. Yeah. So, Parasite Steve, what do you have going on in your life? So, um, for those of you who don't know, I also publish books. I'm a writer under the name of Steve Van Sampson. And uh, I do horror books and stuff. And most of my... Uh, I have two books out that are uh, in a series called Predator World. They're basically vampire books set in Africa. They're pretty cool. Check them out on Amazon. And uh, if you like what, you, what you've read, please leave me a review. That would be great. Hurry, we, boys. They're waiting there for you. We uh, writers live and die by reviews. And nobody likes to leave them. So it's a bummer. But um, I also have a, a new book coming out on February 4th. It is a, uh, it's a story in an anthology. And it's called The Final Summons. That's the name of the book. And you can still pre buy it right now i've been talking about this for a few weeks but it is uh it is coming out on february 4th i'm really excited there's even going to be a hardcover guys it's going to be my first hardcover book so i'm pretty excited that's awesome pretty cool very nice very Great. cool stuff yeah check that stuff out and don't forget to be positive with your reviews people a lot of people like to leave negative reviews and not leave a positive review if you like something let people know it's always good to have that little bit of you know reassurance and that, that goes for podcasts too y'all. podcasts books and not just us everybody it's just a good kind of policy to have when you're out there consuming all this media let people know when you like something right. it's really appreciated if you don't if like something just give no criticism or like, be constructive like, constructive right. criticism yeah yeah that's yeah always appreciated. don't be dicks don't, don't be a don't. dick we are all friends here if you're happy and you know it type some words happy and you know it type some words type some words if you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it if you're happy and you know it type, type some, some words, words. No, couldn't won't. just not finish click, it click. god <laughs> okay type, uh type. Great. So I will take a second for myself. Uh, 8-Bit Alchemy here. I have my YouTube channel, which hasn't been updated in a little bit. I have a handful of videos there uh, doing cover songs from Mega Man 11 in the 8-Bit style. And then I also have a song from Deltarune, which some of you might know as Toby Fox's latest project, the creator of Undertale. Um, but other than that, I also manage the uh, Enchanted Exile Instagram page. And uh, every time I go to a concert i usually like to take pictures and and try to you know put some kind of band related stuff there and our band is going to soon be gearing up to do some writing for our third album so hopefully that's going to become a lot more active of a page so if you want to look up enchanted exile on instagram you will find yourself a wonderful time and it will be updated much more regularly in the near future so uh do take a second to go check that stuff out and uh that's about all that i have to plug here so uh, just uh, thank you for spending your time here and listening to us gab on about a bunch of old stuff. And I've been your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and we will catch you on the next horizon.